Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to DE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Aaron. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle butt. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Hey, we welcome you into a playoff hockey edition of Full Slate. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. The Stanley Cup qualifiers get underway tomorrow as we record here on a Thursday. You listen to this on a Friday. On Saturday, August 1st, things get started for real with best of five qualifying round matchups getting underway and the round robins in each conference. And we got a guest. That is going to join us on this week's podcast to talk about it. He's Alan, but you probably know him as Bet Consensus on Twitter, at Bet Consensus on Gambling Twitter. Good to have you aboard, my man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, and I'm looking forward to having you. Always, I do like hockey, and I happen to live in the state of hockey in Minnesota, but you are a Canadian, so uh, I expect you to uh, be on your game, and I'm sure you're ready to roll. 
I sure am. <laughs> so the hub cities are Toronto for the east and Edmonton for the west. Here's how we'll do it. We're going to start in the east. We're going to briefly discuss the four teams in the round robin. Then we'll run through the qualifiers, uh, four qualifying round matchups, best of five. We'll look at the series price in all four. Let's start with the East round robin where we have the Boston Bruins, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, and Philadelphia Flyers. They will all play each other one game apiece for the top seed in the East, and then seeds two through four will be determined uh, from there on down. Uh, Alan, let's just briefly touch on this because we don't have series prices like we do the qualifiers. We do have individual games, uh, money lines, and totals, but we're not really going to look at that because there's two more games. We don't really know how these teams are going to handle the round robin with certain goaltending decisions and things of that nature. So when we look at those four teams in the East, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly, obviously Boston was the regular season power. They are the reigning Eastern Conference champs. Are you looking at them as far as one of these four that is most likely to win the Stanley Cup, or do you think one of the other teams could uh, sneak up on them? I think one of the other teams is going to sneak up on them. I think it is very difficult uh, for any team to go back-to-back to even make it to the Stanley Cup Finals twice in a row, uh, especially when you lose the year before. Right. Um, for, I really think that Tampa has something to prove this year. After the debacle that was last year in uh, getting swept by Columbus and four straight after a record-breaking regular season, to then go out in that style, that cannot sit well with any player on that team. And you can add that they've even added to their team this year uh, with the additions of guys like Shattenkirk. And uh, even though they moved on uh, and the growth of uh, Sergachev on the back end there, I think that you're... Just, they just have too many weapons, too much, too much, great defense, and just outstanding goaltending. That how can you? It's really difficult for someone to go against that much power. I don't see how anyone matches up with them uh, in the East. I think, uh, yeah, it's just that that even that second line of Palat, Sorelli, and Killer and Kalorn will be given other teams fits if Braden Point, Kucherov, and Stamkos aren't already doing that for their their opponent. Yeah, I'm with you on almost everything you said there about Tampa, and I think that's important that you mentioned that second line. Remember, this team went to the Stanley Cup final five years ago against Chicago, and it was on the heels of guys like Andre Palat and Alex Kalorn. Obviously, Braden Point, one of the better young players in the National Hockey League, has uh, ascended uh, in that Tampa Bay organization. But uh, I think the depth, as you said, is really unmatched. And uh, if you think about it, like they're pretty much running it back with, you could argue, a team that's even better than last year's. So mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine them uh, floundering the same way. And even if they do, it's just in a round robin. They could certainly find their game again. I also happen to think that Tampa Bay is going to be the number one seed out of this round robin. Uh, and is the most dangerous of the four teams. But let's keep things moving and go to the first qualifying round matchup. That features the number five-seeded Pittsburgh Penguins against the number 12-seed Montreal Canadiens. Pittsburgh is a steep minus 240 favorite on Bet Online. Montreal, you can get them at 2-1 to one if you like the Habs on the series price. Alan, I'll just get started. I am going to pass on this series price. I do think that this could be 
a more competitive series than people might originally imagine. Uh, and for that reason, I kind of might lean if I'm going to play this series. I might look at Montreal in certain instances on the uh, single game money line. I'm not taking anything in the first game, and I'm not taking anything for the full game or full series price. Uh, but you look at Montreal; they have the veteran goaltender and Carey Price, and you have a veteran coach in Claude Julien. Uh, and obviously, we know that Montreal uh, with Price, they've made deep runs before, got to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2014 before Price got hurt against the New York Rangers. Uh, and so I think that right off the bat in a short series, could Price be the hot, the best player in this series and give Montreal a chance? I think that's definitely possible. But the bigger reason why I'm passing here, uh, I grew up on the Eastern Seaboard in southern New Jersey. I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I watched the game on Tuesday between the Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sidney Crosby didn't look anything like himself, and you know that the NHL is back when we have undisclosed injuries, and it seems like that's what's going on with Crosby. He did not register a shot on goal against the Flyers in the exhibition, and I know it's just one game, but it really makes me hesitant to back Pittsburgh here at such a steep price. Uh, as I said, I'm going away from this series price, but I do, th- I do think Montreal can really make this thing interesting. What do you think? I gotta disagree. I think Pittsburgh's gonna steamroll them. I think I looked at the uh, the spread, the series spread of uh, Pittsburgh minus one point five. So getting it done in four games or less, I got that price at uh, plus one hundred five, and I couldn't pass up that value. I'm just okay. I'm looking. I'm looking at the lineups and. After Montreal's first line of Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher, it really falls off. Yeah. So that's going to leave either, if that first line goes up against the Crosby line, then a reinvigorated Geno Malkin is going to just run roughshod on the rest of them. I mean, you have down the middle for Montreal, you have, what, Nick Suzuki, uh, Jesper Kokkinami, and Max Domi. I mean, or Jonathan Drouin, if you want to slide him in there. Those guys will get eaten alive by by uh Gino's line. And yeah, yeah it's more the depth for Pittsburgh as opposed to like I said the no concern about Crosby. No. I I think that um I think that Gino Malkin is going to going to carry this series by himself even if even if Sid is hurt. Who by the way is also getting his favorite left winger and Jake Gensel back. Sure. Which can't be underrated or can't be overstated I should say. And I just think that, you know, just depth-wise, across the board, there's no – there's – I don't see where Montreal is better. And you talk about – you're talking about uh, in goal with uh, Carey Price, but this isn't 2015. Yeah. I would, I would well, argue – let me ask you, uh, as far as Pittsburgh, uh, which way do you think they're leaning as far as Tristan, Jerry, and Matt Murray? I think they're going to start Matt Murray. Yeah. It's kind of where but Short leash. Short leash. Because right. a short series, and but you got to go with the guy who's won two Stanley Cups, right? Who's twenty six? You know, Tristan Jari. I think he's twenty three, twenty four, and so I just think that there won't be there won't be uh, much of a much of a letdown in goal if Pittsburgh either way you go, and and I think guys like uh, Jason Zucker and Patrick Marlowe who. You know, we all got to go back and remember what happened on uh, trade deadline day back in February about who plays where now. And I think sure. I think Marlowe is a solid addition to that third line. Jason Zucker is a solid addition to the second line. Uh, you know, taking Phil Kessel's spot next to Gino on that right. second line. 
and I I think they are just going to run roughshod. I watched that Montreal-Toronto exhibition game. Montreal, um, let's say, uh, if you <laughs> discount the two shorthanded goals they gave up, I don't, I don't see <laughs> – I just don't see how they're going to make a dent in this team. Yeah, and let me be clear. Uh, as I said, I don't have a play here. I just, for reasons I mentioned with Price and the veteran coach, I think I think Julian could get the most out of an inexperienced roster for the most part. But, yeah, I, I do think Pittsburgh from top to bottom is the far superior team. Um, I, I ultimately am just staying away uh, from anything really in this series. Let's move on and go to the uh, 6-11 matchup in the East qualifiers, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes in $1.35 against the New York Rangers. You can get the blue shirts at plus 115. The New York Rangers win all four regular season meetings against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and uh, let's start right there, Beck Consensus. Does it matter that the Rangers had that kind of success or do you kind of put that in the rear view, given how long ago it was? I think it matters. I agree. Sometimes sometimes you just don't match up well. Right. I mean, Carolina against any other uh, Eastern Conference play-in team would be, I think, a walk. But this New York Rangers seem to be their kryptonite. I mean, 31-6 right. and six in their last 37 meetings. And this was even when Carolina was good and New York was bad. Now they're, they've gotten a lot closer. And, you know, Carolina not having Dougie Hamilton is right. just a crushing blow. I think having no no Dougie Hamilton, no was it Brett Pesci also out, those are their, two of their best defensemen. And, yeah, sure, they've filled it uh, with uh, – I was going to say they like did Brady. big moves. Sammy Vatnin yeah. and Brady Shea. Sammy Vatnin hasn't played since what, December. Yeah, never played, never played with Carolina, right? So okay, I mean, best of luck. I hope things go well for you, <laughs> but um, I don't know what's going to happen there. And so that's that's a huge, that's a huge mystery. I mean, Jacob Slavin is a, is a is a downright a stud. He is yeah. he's the just the anchor of that blue line. But his not having his partner in crime with Dougie Hamilton, I think, is going to be a major blow. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the regular season matchups mattering, especially in a short series, right? I know that it was a best of seven last year, but we just finished in the round robin discussion talking about uh, Columbus and Tampa, and it just felt like as that series went along that there was something to uh, the Columbus uh, kryptonite for Tampa that they just could not get past, and it ended up being a sweep. I think if Carolina gets off to a bad start, this is the first game on Saturday at 12 o'clock Eastern at, at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. If Carolina gets off to a bad start, I think this is big trouble for them because then I think the mind games start to uh, play with you a little bit. I also think that the New York Rangers, as far as high-end forwards, normally we think of the Rangers in the Henrik Lundqvist era as goaltending and defense, but you're going to give me Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad uh, I think we probably have the two best forwards on the Rangers in this series. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I am liking the Rangers at a plus price for this series. Uh, I'm going to take them at plus 115. Uh, Beck consensus is that it sounds like you're leaning that way as well. Absolutely. Yeah, when I saw this one and I was like Rangers at plus money, I was like, yep, thanks. 
Yeah. Uh, Lastly, on this series, uh, uh, some interesting. We're going to talk about this throughout because it's the most important position in the game: goaltending decisions. Igor oh. Shesterkin or Henrik Lundqvist for New York, and Peter Mrazek or James Reimer for Carolina. I mean, obviously, advantage uh, New York, no matter which way you go. Right. If if you look at those four games this season, their goalie stole all four. I mean, there was one uh, one game where uh, King Henrik was outshot 47-19, and they still won. So I'm I would take yeah I I can't you can't stack the goaltending in uh, New York's favor any higher than it is in the series. I mean, Peter Mrazek, yeah okay, um, behind a a complete defense and the uh, style in which Carolina plays, which is Let's play in their end to keep them from playing in our end. Is right. you know that's one way to keep pucks out of your net. And but and same with James Reimer. I mean those two do not compare to Igor and Henrik in New York. So huge advantage in the goaltending uh, situation for the red or for the blue shirts. Uh, how do you go wrong with Panarin and, and uh, with his chemistry with Ryan Strom on the second line? I mean and then you put him with uh, you know. Kreider and uh, Mika Zibanejad, and the emergence of Adam Fox and Anthony sure. D'Angelo on the back end, which are just, you know, that's that's just found money for the Rangers back there, too, because that was they were not supposed to have a good defense. And right. those two guys really came through for them this year. Um, am I a little... Am I kind of worried about Igor Shesterkin first game of the playoffs? Not really. I mean, he right. played in the We're talking about no fans. No fans. He played in the KHL. Uh, they have playoffs there, too. And Henrik's right there on the bench to help. Sure. Yeah. So agreement on the second qualifier. We both like the short underdog, the New York Rangers, at a plus price over the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's move on to the third qualifier in the East, and it is the New York Rangers, I'm sorry, the New York Islanders, laying a dollar twenty-five against the Florida Panthers at plus one oh five on Bet Online. Uh I think this is an interesting one because you have a Florida team that really did not defend that well, but averaged three point three goals per game, which was sixth in the NHL. Obviously they have some firepower up front. And you have a Sergei Bobrovsky goaltender who we saw at various points in Columbus really make some noise in the postseason. The New York Islanders, on the other hand, have shifted under Barry Trotz, his second season there on Long Island. They've been a much more defensive-oriented team, which was the opposite when Doug Waite was coaching there uh, with the blue and orange. And the Islanders have two capable goaltenders in Simeon Valarmov and Thomas Grice, so we'll see how they split up those reps. But I really think this is strength versus strength as far as New York defensively. They have some young defense with Ryan Pulak and Devon Taves com- combined with some veterans, Andy Green and Johnny Boychuk. So I think it's their strength as far as goaltending and defense against Florida's offense. And then obviously a weakness versus weakness. New York not the most high-powered offensive team against a Florida defense that, that really is not very good. So I don't know how you see this series, but that's kind of how I look at it, Alan, as far as strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness. Yeah, no, exactly. And it does come down to one player, and that's Sergei Bobrovsky. Which one are you going to get? 
Right. You're going to get last year's or this year's. And I think you're going to get this year's because I, it just seems more and more apparent that uh, Bobrovsky was a product of his environment in Columbus where they were much more uh, defensively oriented. Um, their defense was just better with guys like Wierenski and uh, Seth Jones back there. Right. And he doesn't have that. Aaron Ekblad is not as good as those two guys. Um, Keith Yandel isn't as good as those two guys. And then they have basically a ragtag bunch of other guys on the back end in Florida, and they give up chances. And and I don't think that Bobrovsky can stop, can be a game, uh, like I don't think he's going to steal any games in this series. Right. I think they're going to they're going to get even with their uh, pop gun offense on the island. I think they're still going to score three goals. And so, right, and, if, uh, and they have capable forwards. I mean, Matt Barzell <laughs> won the Calder Trophy. Brock Nelson was playing pretty well before the pause. Anders Lee is the captain, and and they brought in Jordan Everly a few years ago. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that I think they'll be able to score enough to win this series. Yeah, and they added uh, JG Pajot. Oh, there you go. Yep. And so you know, just to to uh, you know bolster that power play a little bit, it looks like they, they got him slated on the third line. Um, so you got down the middle of Barzell, Nelson, and Pajot. I think that's that's a uh, a decent enough forward group. Um, and again, when you play their system of frustrating your opponent and then basically counterattacking or waiting for your chances to appear to then you know score goals, uh, Lord is going to give up chances, right? Even even to a defensively oriented team like the Islanders. And so I think this I very strongly lean or um, not even lean, I'm going with the Islanders in the series. Um, Islanders also went 3-0 and versus Florida this season, and I just think Florida won't be able to break that defensive structure. I mean, you're going to have two two legendary Hall of Fame coaches going against each other uh, in this series, which should be right. interesting. That should be fun. Yeah, is, yeah. and just having, having uh, Coach Q go against um, – Barry Trotz should be really interesting. And both of these guys have had four and a half months to prepare for this. So, yeah, I, th- I think this will be a really interesting one, but I, I'm going with the Islanders. Yeah, I agree with you, and I'll lay the price as well at minus $1.25 to back the New York Islanders. I just think at the, in the postseason, uh, you got to take the goaltending and the defense, which is kind of where the Islanders buttered their bread this season. Uh, so I like the Islanders as well in the third East qualifier. Let's wrap things up in the East with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I, I, maybe they're not – maybe we'll, we'll call them home <laughs> against <laughs> – the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Toronto, uh, pretty hefty favorite here at minus a dollar sixty-five. Columbus, you can get them at plus one forty-five. Uh, Beck consensus, I'll tell you, I had a hard time with this series because I think there's some. We've talked about coaching, right? We just did it in the last matchup there with two Hall of Fame coaches in Barry Trotz and Joel Quenville. Well, here you have yet another Vesna. I'm sorry, uh, Jack Adams finalist for uh, John Tortorella who, you know, say what you want about his temper, he seems to really uh, get the most out of his teams wherever he is. Um, And here he is uh, with a Columbus team that, my gosh, look at, they really went in last year, right? They they go in and they, they... Get Matthew Shane, and they get Ryan, Ryan Dezingle, and they got Bobrovsky in goal. They get they have Panarin, obviously. All those guys are not there anymore, 
and yet here they are uh, in this qualifying round matchup. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens seemingly picking up right where Sergei Bobrovsky left off in some ways, and we know that Columbus is always going to defend well. You mentioned Jones and Wierenski, but it's just such a different look for them up front that it really makes me have a weird feeling. Like, do they rekindle some of that underdog, underdog magic? I think that could happen. Uh, but at the same time, you look at Toronto, and I know it hasn't happened for them in the postseason. Obviously, they also happen to run into the Boston Bruins the last two years. But their roster from top to bottom, I, I just especially up front, is, is far mm-hmm. superior to Columbus. So uh, I mentioned Tortorella, and, and this is another thing that makes me a little hesitant. You have an interim coach in Sheldon Keefe behind the bench for the Maple Leafs. Obviously, they let go of Mike Babcock uh, pretty early in the season. So if you haven't noticed by now, I'm having a really hard time with this series. Uh, and so uh, this is most likely going to be a pass for me. Yeah, it's a pass for me, too. I mean, it, it is exactly what you said. It's basically the irresistible force of the Toronto offense versus the immovable object of the Columbus defense. And, yeah, I, just with with this much time off, I I couldn't I couldn't lay the big price on the Leafs because, like I said, you don't know what what you're going to get for sure. And I don't know if you've watched any of the exhibition games, but the ice isn't that great, which is kind of surprising. And that favors defensive teams. Sure. And I, I noticed that the puck's been bouncing. There have been a lot of – I think every game has been under five and a half, save for one game, I think went to six. So is that a – is that rust? Is that conditions? Is that – I don't know. But if that's – if the games are going to be low scoring, I'm not um, – I'm not taking the leaps. Which right. actually yeah. leads to another point, which was really interesting in this uh, in the exhibition game between Toronto and Montreal, is that M- Toronto played team defense, which might be the which might be the X factor in this series. Like they are notoriously not good at back checking, and if they're actually committed to doing that, I think they'll have a much easier time with with Columbus. But saying that, um, it was tough to find value with the Leafs. I think I think their offense is too strong, but I wasn't going to lay that price, so I just passed on this whole series. Agreement there, a pass from me. So just to recap, our East picks, Beck consensus on the Pittsburgh Penguins, minus a game and a half over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we both are in agreement on the pair of New York teams, the Rangers at a plus price over the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders, a short favorite over the Florida Panthers. And we have a pair of passes on the Toronto-Columbus qualifier. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, and have the West qualifier preview. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, and home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. 
If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code FULLSLATE or DealDash.fm slash FULLSLATE. That's D-E-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash FULLSLATE. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, props to bet on, and it's all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And we're back here on Full Slate. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Joined by a special guest today, Alan. You probably know him on Gambling Twitter as Bet Consensus. You can find him and all of his picks at Bet Consensus. We just ran through the Eastern Conference qualifiers as the National Hockey League is set to return to play. Let's go over to the West now, and Alan, let's briefly check on the round robin the way we did in the East, where we have the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Are you looking right to St. Louis as far as the most dangerous team out of the round robin? You know, I am not. I'm looking at Colorado. Okay. I think I think that St. Louis, I don't think they care where they finish. I think right. they're going to they treated the free their game versus Chicago. They basically slept walked through a four nothing defeat. Um I think they're going to treat these three games as Nothing more than more exhibition games, and they don't care if they finish fourth or first. If they happen to finish at the top, great. If not, I don't think they care at all. They know they can get it done. And so I think that opens the door for Colorado. I think they're the, the best team, um, out of, uh, Vegas, Dallas, and themselves. I think that Vegas is a little bit weaker on defense than Colorado. I think Dallas is just doesn't have enough offensive weapons to keep up with those other two. And I think it'll come down to Colorado and Vegas at the top with uh, Colorado coming out as the number one seed. Yeah, you know, I'm actually interested in uh, not that I have a pick or anything here, but I could see myself on some Dallas stars here in these games, in these round robin games. Let's remember Dallas went to double overtime in the seventh game last year against St. Louis in St. Louis. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse to a degree, but uh, goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. And, and you have a Ben Bishop who uh, really found himself again when he uh, joined Dallas. So uh, I am intrigued by the upside uh, and where Dallas could maybe go here over this next week or so heading into the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, but I, I'm with you from top to bottom. Uh, gosh, it's hard to it's hard to look at what Colorado's throwing at you uh, and, and not think that that's a team that could win the Stanley Cup. So um, 
I, I happen to think Dallas is going to surprise a little bit and end up as the top seed, uh, but I'm not really looking at anything in these round-robin games outside of that. Uh, I, do, I do like the Stars, though. Any, any thoughts on, uh, on Dallas? Yeah, I, they, they play a style that is conducive to playoff hockey. Right. You know, they, they will choke you out. And, and their, their system is, is that of, you know, Rick Bonus is a very defense minded, defensively minded coach. And I think it comes down to for them is, is, uh, um, Tyler Sagan going to show up? Is Jamie Ben going to show up? Is, uh, Alex Radulov going to show up? Right. I mean, look, they got to score some goals somewhere and it can't be guys like Rupe Hints who are, you know, First, second, third year guys, right? Doing all the heavy lifting, you know, like Dennis Garyanov, and uh, you know what's what's Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski going to do? They're getting sure. a little long in the tooth there. Um, I I don't know how I don't know how they're going to to score goals because their defense is outstanding. Right. I mean, a first pairing of uh, Lindell and Kingberg, yeah, A plus, and then you have, and that's still leaving Miro Heiskanen in your second yeah. pair. Right. And and so no one's getting through. And I'm like, that's great. And Ben Bishop is, you know, even him and uh Hudobin, if if for some reason Ben Bishop goes down, um it's uh it's a uh it's a um yeah, it's really a really tough uh tough defensive uh system they play and I can see them if they can get some goals then, yeah, they become a very dangerous team. Let's move forward and talk about the qualifiers now, and we're going to start with the 5-12 matchup again. The Edmonton Oilers laying a pretty steep price here, minus $1.76 against the Chicago Blackhawks. You mentioned Chicago uh, picking up that exhibition victory against the St. Louis team that uh, was probably sleepwalking a little bit through that one. Uh, This is a tough one for me. I'm probably going to pass given the price much like we just talked about in that final East series with Toronto and Columbus. Edmonton is a steep favorite here. And here's the thing that concerns me about Edmonton, Alan. I know that Leon Dreisaitl is, uh, you know, probably going to win the Hart Trophy, right? I mean, he's had an outstanding season. And him and Connor McDavid combined for 35% of Edmonton's scoring output this year. So where's the secondary scoring coming from? Is it Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Does James Neal rekindle some playoff magic? They traded for Andreas Antonisio from Detroit in February. Does he make an impact offensively? Uh, we'll see on that front. Goaltending is going to be a question probably for both of these teams uh, because, I mean, how, like, do we even, can we, I don't think we can really trust Corey Crawford at all for Chicago, but then, you know, what's Edmonton going to do with Mike Smith? Or is it going to be Miko Koskinen in goal? And obviously the, um, you know, the lurking X factor here, if Chicago is to have a chance, uh, is go- they're going to have to be led by their star, Patrick Kane, and we know about his damage against Edmonton. 56 points in 43 career games against the Oilers. And also I looked up Kane's playoff numbers. 127 career playoff games, 123 points in those games. He's a big-time player. Ultimately, it's a Chicago team that has too many holes for me to really want to back them at the price, but I don't think I want to lay it with Edmonton. Yeah, you know what? This is this is a really good 
Um, what price did you get for Edmonton? I am seeing on our sponsor bet online minus a dollar seventy six. Minus a dollar seventy six. This might be an option for if you don't want to go with Chicago and you don't want to lay the the, the juice uh, on uh, Edmonton is to flat bet Edmonton. So instead of laying a dollar, uh, what one seventy six, just lay one and then win. Sure. Uh, I don't know, do the math, but. That that would at least limit your your damage to to uh, in this situation. Now I'm that's what I'm doing with Edmonton. I'm flat betting Edmonton. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay a hundred bucks to win. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it'll be somewhere around sixty two dollars or something like that. So that way I'm limiting my exposure while still being able to take a fairly good sized favorite without risking that I would rather do that than lay a hundred on Chicago that I don't think will win. So it is in that case, just so everybody's clear, a push on your bet. If Edmonton is to win the series in five games. Uh, yeah. And on, on different, yes, uh, that's, uh, that's what we're talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I think it's probably Edmonton in four or five, uh, but I'm I'm ultimately going to stay away uh, for the, some of the, the the secondary concerning worries me a little bit or secondary scoring I should, should say worries me a little bit with Edmonton and uh, you know who knows like maybe uh, it could be something where Kane and Taves just turn back the clock and 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 have a lot going and and there are some young players on that Chicago roster that are interesting uh, but ultimately. Nothing strong for me either way on this first one, but Allen did just give you Edmonton minus a game on the flat bet to get us started out west. Let's go to the 6-11 matchup where we have the Nashville Predators laying a dollar thirty-nine on the series price against the Arizona Coyotes plus one nineteen are the Yotes. Obviously, some off-ice news for Arizona this week. John Chaka earlier in the week resigned as the team's general manager, noting some tensions with uh, new ownership, uh, so or a new CEO. Uh, so the GM for Arizona, after all of this time, is now out. Um, and then early in the season, we had a coaching change in Nashville. Peter Laviolette fired for the former New Jersey Devils coach, John Hines. Um, and we've talked a lot about goalie decisions that's where John Hines is going to have to decide here he obviously rode UC Soros all the way to this sixth seed there's a log jam in the west with Winnipeg and Calgary and Minnesota and Vancouver Nashville was kind of in that log jam for a while Soros played really well down the stretch but you obviously have the veteran in Pecorine who played a lot in the postseason for a Nashville team that went to the Stanley Cup final just three years ago um, and then you have Arizona with Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta. Kemper went 16-11-2 in the regular season with a 2-2-2 goals against. Ranta was 15-14-3 with a 2-6-3. Then the last note I had here was uh, some new faces uh, this season in both places. Taylor Hall traded from New Jersey to Arizona. Former Hart Trophy winner, Matthew Shanes. Talked about him and uh, his departure from Columbus. Signs with Nashville. Uh, but Duchesne was not scoring enough in the regular season for the Predators. And Ryan Johansson, one of their top forwards as well, a centerman, only had 36 points in 68 games. That was his lowest scoring output 
since his rookie season. So, Alan, I bring all this up to say, when I was first looking at this series, I thought, oh, you know, the Cheka stuff, how is Arizona going to respond? Are they going to check out off-ice distraction, or is it going to, are they going to rally behind, around each other? So I'm not, I wasn't really sure there, and I mentioned the veteranness of Nashville. We know they always defend well. Still have Ryan Ellis and Matthias Ekholm and Roman Yossi there. Uh, but then the, 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 the scoring, kind of like we were talking about with Dallas there, is or the lack thereof for Nashville also is enough to kind of veer me away. Uh, but I, I just don't think I want any part of Arizona, so this is also going to be a pass for me. Yeah, I, I looked at this one, and the only thing that came to mind was unders. And, yeah. <laughs> and and I I like Darcy Kemper could could steal this series for Arizona. Um, I think it's gonna be uh, Saros and Kemper and Nash. And I think you're just gonna have a goaltender's duel because you have two teams. Arizona only scored 190 goals. That's good for 2.7 goals a game. And you know Nashville on my notes had 3.07. Meanwhile, they were giving up 3.1. So again, you just there's not there's a bunch of underachieving forwards in the series. Like you mentioned, the whole Jofa line in Nashville with Ryan Johansson, uh, Philip Forsberg, and Victor Arvidsson. They were all down. Matt Duchesne, he's playing with Michael Granlin and Kyle Turris. They they struggled to score goals this year. I mean, besides uh, Nashville's defense, their big three of Yossi, Ellis, and Eckholm. They're they're what carry this team, and right. that's that's what would make me lean that way. But there's just not. I can't trust Nashville, and I can't trust Arizona to do anything in this series. So I'm just I just went pass on this one. Yeah, no agreement there. Uh, kind of just a weird series that I don't really want any part of. Uh, so I am going to uh, sit this one out. Let's I move tell you forward. What, I tell you what, I'm yeah, going right. to record. I'll probably fade whoever wins this series. Okay, that makes sense. Makes sense. Let's move forward and go to the seven ten matchup uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, the number seven seed. Talked about that logjam in the West uh, under the traditional playoff format. If we had a full regular season, this would have gone right down to game eighty two. Vancouver, Minnesota, and Calgary and Winnipeg, the last four teams we'll talk about. Vancouver taking on Minnesota. Vancouver, a short minus $1.25 favorite. Minnesota, you can get them at a plus price of plus 105. I'm interested in the Canucks here, Alan. Uh, we have a goaltending advantage for the Canucks, I believe, uh, Jacob Markstrom, who can be a little erratic at times, but at other times this year really look to be in tip-top shape. Um, and then the big thing for me with Vancouver is just their young firepower. I mean, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, um, you know, they go out and get JT Miller um, last season, I should say, not this year. But uh, Colorado, I'm sorry, Vancouver was second in the Western Conference in goal scored to Colorado. Um, and I know that Minnesota was playing well uh, when they made the coaching change, got rid of Bruce Boudreaux. Dean Evison was recently named the full-time coach. Uh, he was the interim that had the Wild playing well. The five-on-five metrics are pretty good for Minnesota, but I worry about Alex Stalock or Devin Dubnik in net against the Vancouver team that I mentioned can really score goals. Um, so uh, I am uh, pretty firmly set in the Vancouver camp on this one. 
on I watch I live on the West Coast, so I watch a lot of Vancouver games. And okay. um yeah, Jacob Markstrom was their MVP by a mile this right. year. He was the only reason why they are where they were. Um that's not taken away from guys like uh Elias Peterson and Quinn Hughes, who had great seasons. And same with uh, JT Miller was also a revelation. Um right. that trade when they traded their first rounder in this upcoming draft for him was universally panned. Oh, that was this by, year. By the media. Yeah, it was at yeah. the last draft. That's right. And, and, uh, but he has been nothing more than outstanding. But, um, this is, this is a really interesting series because you have stylistic differences that are going to come into play. So you have a, a top heavy offensive uh, team Vancouver who can who can boast two really good top who have really good top six forwards and really good goaltending versus a team that has more forward depth in Minnesota much right. better defense in in a defensive core outside of Quinn Hughes and Alex Edler you uh, there's a steep drop off and you know and but then again you have Devin Dubnik and uh Alex Stalock who sometimes you think Dubnik can kind of find his game again? No. Yeah, it's gonna be Stalock, right? I think it's gonna be Stalock and neither of them are are what you'd want to go in with. And right. so you're gonna be like, is is the defense going to be able to control the game for Minnesota and keep the game five at five. Because like you said, the metrics for Minnesota, they're a really good five on five team. Right. Vancouver has the much better special teams. So this is yeah, really, the box if you're Minnesota. Yeah, this is absolutely. And so this is really a coin flip series for me. And so when that's the case, I, I took the, the dog because okay. um, I took Minnesota just on value. Yeah, I suppose I see what you're saying. If you think this is going to go the distance, then you might as well uh, take the plus price. I happen to think Vancouver is a slightly better team, uh, and so that's why I am inclined to look that way. So some disagreement there on the third series in the West qualifiers. Let's wrap things up with the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets, an all-Canadian matchup here, uh, but we have an American-born goaltender for the Jets, a Vesna finalist in Connor Hellebuck, who was absolutely outstanding this year. Uh, and, and that right there, we talked about goaltending advantage for Vancouver in the last series. Definitely a goaltending advantage for the uh, short dog here in Winnipeg. Calgary is a minus-130 favorite. Uh, Winnipeg can get them at plus $1.10 at Bet Online. Mentioned Hellebuck for the Jets. Cam Talbot or David Riddick, uh, which way you think Calgary is going to go? And do you think if they make the right call – they could kind of subside that uh, goaltending uh, disparity a little bit. Uh, I think they're going to go with David Riddick because he was actually the only good player last year when they played when they got smoked by Carol, or, uh, Colorado in the first round. Right. Like, and this is, and I think that I'm I'm on I'm Team Winnipeg on this one. I think that their forwards are better. I mean, what happened really? to Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan this year? Yeah, they broke that lineup. Yeah, and so just, you know, and it was him. It was those two and Elias Lindholm was, were just, they were just demons for Calgary the in the previous years. And this year they just have been just non-existent. 
and I think they I think the Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler line that uh, Winnipeg can roll out there um, is just simply better than what they are. And you know everyone was was talking about the defense. You know Winnipeg's completely decimated defense, and I was one of them. I was I took them to not make the playoffs. Now we will never know. But that bet got canceled on me. But, you know, uh, Neil Pionk, who they got in the Jacob Truba trade, turned into a pleasant surprise. Josh Morrissey uh, played above right. his head this year. You mentioned that like, going back to before the season, of course, the whole Dustin Bufflin drama added to that so, those question marks. Yeah. And and then, you know, if you have, uh, I'm going to call a Vesna winning goalie, Connor Hellebuck, who I watched uh, the – Canucks and Jets play last night. He stopped breakaways. He stopped two on ones. He it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And and I'm at, and if you can get Winnipeg at plus money, I was all over that. Yeah, I, I ultimately stay away here because uh, there is enough for me right now. Also. Uh, 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 something that leans for Winnipeg as well here. Travis Hamanick opted out for Calgary on the blue line. Um, now, now I, I know we mentioned that Winnipeg kind of a well-rounded team that they can beat you a lot of different ways. You talked about their top line. Uh, so maybe not the most lethal offensive team, but at the same time from top to bottom, you talked about their blue line, and we know they have the Vezina Finals goaltender back there. All of it does add up to uh, Winnipeg looking like an intriguing underdog. Ultimately, though, uh, not enough for me to get there with the Jets uh, because I do think that there's something to be said. I I happen to disagree. I'll take the top line for Calgary if uh, Goudreau, Monaghan, and Lindholm can find find their games again. uh, I I think that's a line that could really strike fear into Winnipeg, uh, but not enough on the Calgary side. Riddick, Talbot, you know, Riddick at times – Looked like a pretty competent goalie, uh, but not enough for me to really like the Flames at a juicy price, uh, and, and and so I'm going to stay away. But I would probably lean to the, towards the Jets uh, in this one. Any final thoughts here as we wrap things up, looking at the qualifiers? Uh, no, I think I'm just so excited to have hockey back. Yeah, you know, gotcha. it's been four and a half months, and yeah. it's just so exciting to have this and. Um, one thing I think that having these teams play in a bubble, I think road teams will be uh, a great value um, right. I, in, in these Hard games. I, yeah, and I think they'll be there. I think books won't adjust uh, quickly to, you know, home teams and road teams being, you know, it used to make a difference in the playoffs. And, you know, when everyone's playing in the same building, I don't think it will. And I don't think they'll adjust fast enough. Right. So, so that, that, that's a good ball. You know, can I also ask, um, as we kind of close this up, are you interested? We have 24 teams now. Is there any team now that you're interested in before these qualifiers get started, round robins get started, in betting to win the Stanley Cup? Well, <laughs> um, if I was to just try to straight out guess who I was going to, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy that the top four uh, teams, they're all about, they're all in the plus 700 range, which, you know, technically you could take all four. And and if one of them gets it done, that's... So that that would be be Boston, Tampa, St. Louis, and uh, Colorado? Yeah. 
And right. so that's that's really good value. <laughs> I mean, if you if you think the the yeah. best teams are just going to rise to the top, what I, what I ended up doing um, is that I took um, the Rangers and the and the Hurricanes. Both were around fifty to one when the books first came, uh, came out with Stanley Cup futures when they set this playoff system, and I would I was happy to take. Both of those teams, knowing one of them would get to the playoffs, the actual playoffs. Right. And I think I'm going to hedge against them because when it comes down to it, it's about winning. It's about winning money. And, <laughs> you know, that's what gambling is about. But if I had to pick a team, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I think sure. they have just too much to prove from last year. Yeah. And I would probably agree with that, but I'll be honest, I have not really looked into handicapping the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs yet. I think, like a lot of people, I'm just curious to uh, look at how certain teams come out, right? Because I think one other thing on that Minnesota-Vancouver series, I mentioned it, I live in Minnesota, paid attention to the Wild a good deal during the regular season, and they really looked to be finding their stride when the pause hit and they had the interim head coach. So I do wonder, and this is true for the NBA as well, even though we're talking hockey, I do wonder, like, for teams that were playing well back in March, are they able to just pick up where they left off? And then conversely, for teams that maybe underachieved, are they able to find their best form now that they have basically have a second season? So that's just kind of the question that I need to see answered before I get too involved on the Stanley Cup Futures. Yeah, one of those. One, the other, if that were the case of teams just picking up where they left off, you'd have a Minnesota uh, Philadelphia final. Yeah, because God, those two teams. Were I would welcome that as a Flyers fan. When they just, when they just uh, had the pause set upon us, but yeah, I think I think that everyone's going to regress back to the middle, so that the good teams are going to cool, or the the hot teams are going to cool off, and the cold teams are going to warm up. Right, and that's, which then led you back to Tampa, ultimately just being the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. Well, there he is, Alan. You know him as Bet Consensus on Twitter at Bet Consensus for all of his picks. Alan, I had a lot of fun. I'd love to have you on again. Thanks for joining me. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All righty, that'll wrap things up for us here on Full Slate. Everyone, enjoy the Stanley Cup qualifiers, and we'll be back next week. Greg Frank. At Undercover Greg for all of my gambling picks. Signing off here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. And, of course, please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.